Matatapos din ang kwento natin Pagsasamang puno ng tampuhan Matapos din ang mga away At natuloy ang paghihiwalay Wala nang damdaman, wala nang sasaktan, wala nang mahalan, wala nang luhan. Ngayong wala ka na, akala ng iba, ako ay masaya. Ngayong wala ka na, nagtataka sila. The traffic was friggin' terrible. Um, just had to say that because we're like five minutes a little late. Um, I'm here with a very special human, Avalardo Ibarra. Hello, special human. 
over there. <laughs> so uh, you're known to most people as Al, right? Yeah, pretty much. Do you so, like that? Uh, it doesn't really phase me. It kind of was an accident, so okay. it kind of just landed and it, it took off. Is know. it because people are too lazy to say Al? No, they thought my name was Alvarado, and so everybody was just like annoyed by like trying to figure out what my name was. So they just said, "I'm gonna call you Al," and it just took off and like it followed me. And it's easy, but you know you can do other For names. Should we refer to his Avelardo, Avelardo, or Al? Um, yeah, call me, call me, I, I'll leave it up to you. I don't really know. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, you're here on our tracks today. Yeah. We've been talking, we've been talking a lot in the car. We have, we've had a yeah, lot. We had a lot of time and there lot. were, and it seemed like there was an accident, but there really wasn't no, an accident. There might've been some kind of like bomb threat or something. Yeah. We saw all these cop cars and stuff. Um, but Aside from that, yeah. Aside from our, our little traffic adventure that we just had, first of all, tell us who were we listening to a second. Oh, uh, the first one that I played was Claire, which I showed you a picture of that kind of reminded yeah, me of. She's it's, she's a Filipino um, sort of '80s um, like pop romance songstress sort of. Yeah. And um, there isn't a translation in the lyric sheet as to what the names of I mean what these songs are about. But I know that we just listened to um, Wayon Walakana. Awesome. And it's really, uh, it's a really pretty song. Yeah, that was a nice little chill, chill jam kind of brought me back down. It, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, walking up the stairs after all that traffic. Traffic, oh yeah. my goodness. Um, so, Alardo, can you tell us a little bit, before we next listen yeah. to the next track, tell us a little bit about um, you, I know you as a performance artist, mm -hmm. as a, um, also kind of like a, you just do stuff, mm -hmm. weird things. Mm -hmm. um, how does a, when, when, how, what do you say about yourself when people ask you about art? Do you say you're a performance artist? Is that even something that rings to you? Um, I usually say that I'm a writer. A writer. Yeah, because that's usually, that's like sort of the thing that I'm, I most identify myself as. Mm. And um, when like I'm sitting in front of a project you know, that's not necessarily like a book or a paragraph. And I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, you know, I'm, I'm calling myself a writer here, and, but I'm actually showing you a big pile of trash. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it sort of um, speaks to that, um, even though I start off with an, you know, everything starts off with an idea, obviously, but um, whether it, will jump into becoming an object or becoming an, a gesture or becoming a drawing. You know, it's like, it, it, it's sometimes it'll just sort of like jump off the cliff and just disappear. Mm. So it's kind of like um, running after an idea and then sometimes you sort of score and like, like you make something or, 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 or you get together with somebody who, you know, like you team up and like something will happen, you know? And then, so um, writing is kind of an entrance point for but you. Yeah, the, the the beginning is always sort of trying to like build a score or like an, an outline or like something or like there's always a germ that's more kind of like a word or something like that. So that, uh, and plus I really do like writing. I just don't really like. We were just talking about this. I yeah. don't like reading in public no, uh, and stuff. Uh, Avalardo shared with us <laughs> that he lo loves to write, as we've been just <laughs> learning. But he thinks that reading in public is pornographic. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm the only person that thinks that. I mean, I, I know of a lot of people that sort of 
purposely um, you know, hide what they're reading. But I don't think it's about being ashamed. It's just kind of like, I don't know, there's just, there's too much going on your, in your brain about what you're reading, you know? And so you might just kind of like... It should be a private time? I, I guess. And so, I mean, I can't really, I can't really, you know, like people that read like with music on or people that like read in a waiting room or like, you know, while they're waiting for a bus, I, I can't, I can't relate to that at all i uh you know i've never really been a public reader yeah but i've started to be maybe be a public reader more more so now um, it's starting to come back with all those like i books or whatever yeah it's it's a thing to do now yeah um i wonder actually if anybody out there listening right now is a public reader or if they or read, a public pervert or a public <laughs> pervert or do you read in the closet only? Oh, you know what's interesting? There's this. Uh, there's a, there was this. Uh, I forget whether it was Michael Asher or, um, and I don't know who I'm outing here as a private reader. If it's uh, all right, rest in peace, Michael Asher from CalArts or um, John Mandel, who used to um, hide their books in their oven. Whoa. Because they didn't want anybody to know what they were reading. But that's taking a little too far because it's like in your own house to hide your books from, like, you know, your company. I mean, it's kind of weird, but I don't know. I, I don't take it that far. I mean, hmm. Hiding books in your oven seems pretty pretty serious. Yeah, it's kind of, well, and it's also a fire hazard. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, pretty, pretty basic fire hazard. Um, one thing before uh, we go to the next track uh -huh. is you were talking about you're working on a a party. Is this uh -huh. something I should broadcast or not broadcast? Um, well, it's Maybe a get it's together. Too late now. Well, no, it's totally good. I mean, it's fine. Um, we're uh, expecting a friend um, over at my place in East LA um, who is uh, moved like maybe a year ago to Pennsylvania and where it's a, it's a sort of a, like a gay sort of themed um, uh, news broadcast, East LA style. And we're gonna have like, um, you know, like the headlines and kind of SNL style, but just a little bit more like silly and, you know, just, uh, you know, like traffic report, you know, based on places that you can go cruise in East LA. <laughs> huh. And will this be something that people, is this, you said this was going to be a party or something, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's intended to be kind of like a surprise party and he knows that we're going to, I'm like, in, I'm planning to like make tacos for him and like have some of his friends over, but I don't think he knows exactly the scale that I'm planning for him. This sounds really cool. Cause he's, he's, he's a dear friend of mine and, um, and he's been gone for about two years already. And so I always think it's nice to, have like a big thing when friends come into that, town. That is awesome. Um, what's the next track we're going to listen to? Well, I thought that right after uh, Claire Missing Persons, uh, Destination Unknown might be nice cool. before we go into something more like, I don't know, maybe something a little he like heavier or louder. And there we go. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of making you sway a little bit, you know. Just All right, y'all. So missing persons. You're listening to our tracks. Give us a call. Come into the chat wing. Let's get started. 
This one is, uh, well, this is not very good. <laughs> no. This is uh, Boom Boom, uh, Won't You Meet Me in My Room or something like that. I it's, I kind of bought it because there's this like new wave looking guy without a shirt on holding a fluorescent light bulb or like a lightning bolt. And he's sort of trying to entice you into, I don't know, doing something. His body is glistening with sweat. Yeah, but his hair seems relatively dry. <laughs> Uh, I think it's called Paul Takakis or something. I'm not really sure what. Uh, Paul Takakis, boom boom. There you go. I feel like I don't know this song, but at the same time, like I yeah, do. yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I've heard it on like, um, like I don't know, like comedy shows or like maybe even on like RuPaul's Drag Race or something. Maybe inspired by. Yeah, something like that. No, but this is pretty old school. I, I think it might be from like. I don't know, 81 or something like that. Yeah, looks but, like it. 
most of these most of these records like I got when I first started buying records. So they were all kind of like treasures, you know, like as a kid when you're going around just like with like a couple bucks, you know, and you like come across like boom boom with a guy and then in parentheses let's go back to my room. And you're just like, let's do it. Yeah, of course. Um, now taking the conversation back to art making yeah. or art or whatever that thing is. Um, this is getting a little too wild for me. I'm going to turn it down. All right. So. Okay. Um, what, um, one thing that I think we, we could talk about, which is your pieces in a show, which mm. I also helped curate. So it's kind of, oh, yeah. and we both are putting together. That's happening really soon. It's happening on Thursday. Yeah. Um, at, uh, like, uh, gay and lesbian center at the gay yeah. and lesbian center. Yeah. There's yeah. an opening. Mm-hmm. Um, of a show which you have a piece and do you want to tell us a little bit about the piece that you did yeah or? um well you asked you told me that you're um curating a gallery a whole gallery space of um uh remnants of get performance art which i thought was really exciting and uh, a lot of my work um when we were talking about it on the phone like i communicated to you that um, like a lot of the stuff in performance gets destroyed or discarded right. or whatever. Gets so lost. Very often, like you don't really expect to keep it, or but unless you want to reuse it or something. So I thought it was really interesting to see what like you can look around your house or your like wardrobe or like that you kept or that you reused and or that you forgot that you used and you're gonna use it for something else. So um, it was kind of a hard sort of project to put together, I think. Um, but um, I went, it, like I went through certain, like um, um, like sort of incarnations of it, like where I thought that I was gonna recreate like a, like a dummy, like almost kind of like a, like a mannequin of myself, you know, mm-hmm. wearing all the things that were left over, like shoes and, you know, like a dress or like a jewelry or something that was left over, a mask or something. And um, I ended up not, thinking that was genuine enough because it wasn't about like solidity. I think the whole idea is more about sort of um, like disarray. And, and it's a positive thing because it's kind of like, um, I think like the pieces, the pieces themselves are being given sort of their own sort of like voice. So, so it is like multivocal. Um, and if they're all separate, um, they still sort of have their own history. But um, the way like we arranged them, um, I think, um, sort of gives them sort of like a renewed value. Yes. Yeah, you know? so, so it's a collection of a bunch of different things. From, yeah. Like you're saying, different moments, mm-hmm. different times, not all from the same And I can imagine that'd be true for like, a, like the other artists. I mean, I've only yeah. seen some of the other stuff that uh, like people are I think it, you know, everyone kind of interpreted the the idea. Well, like you're saying, is yeah. kind of this this relic or this. Yeah. What I was thinking was like a primary source. This thing. Yeah, I, li- I like that. that. I, I really like that that um, that uh, term that you. It comes from you know being like a history mm-hmm. student for yeah. having read a lot of papers, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's that idea of that thing that people look at in the future and they're like, "What were these people thinking?" Right, right, right. You know, right. so it's kind of that. Or yeah, like, like what was this good for? You know. Yeah. And then like, and that's the thing about trying to have made it into like give it like this sort of mannequin or robot or android sort of like identity as like if I put it all together to be like this sort of like dummy piece. Like I thought that that would be sort of betraying it 
as an artifact. And it'd be more interesting when you find like the jaw of like, you know, like in an ancient, you know, I don't know, somebody from Pompeii or something, you know, it's like, right. it's more interesting when there's like fragments, I think. And then you have to make up the story. You're well, yeah. And, and, it, and, and that's kind of what happened to begin with when you perform the right. piece. And you did a performance at, um, Confusion and Sex last year. Yeah. Um, and then you've done, you did a performance as well at, at Cool World, I think it was maybe. Yeah. That was the first time that first we time? worked together. Yeah. Like you and asked me. And I remember that, that one was, was, and then this is something I think, you know, kind of common to, um, your work, I think, is that there were elements of both, like, um, some kind of extremeness, a little bit of danger, and then, mm -hmm. like, a little bit of comedy yeah. all, all wrapped in together. Yeah. Um, is that something that you, like, in terms of you writing, when you're writing your mm -hmm. ideas out and preparing stuff, are you thinking about, do you ever, are you purposely thinking about comedy mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're preparing your ideas and things? Mm, well, I kind of know that they're kind of outlandish sometimes. Like there was one idea that I just decided that it was too ridiculous to do. And uh, like I got, I didn't get much support from some of the friends that I like consulted about it. Um, I mean, they were willing to participate in it, but like I saw how like um, I was going to just basically go on the bus and like start having like a fit, you know, like just like, you know, find a bus, you know, right outside my house, Montebello bus line, whatever, and get on the bus, like at full, you know, rush hour and then start crying and um, like, like, or, or shouting and stuff. And uh, I thought that it was too ridiculous. And I mean, and there, there's a comedy aspect to it. Like, oh my God, like if this gets photographed, it's like, oh look, this person is doing something ridiculous. Um, but it's also invasive and like it doesn't it doesn't allow an entry. So I think that sometimes I have to sort of curtail how much like comedy I infuse, you know, because sometimes I think it's serious and then it, it turns out to be a little more ridiculous than I right. intended it to be. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's the first person. That's the first time I've ever really thought about like comedy comedy, you know. Because sometimes I'm willing to go like really like especially in writing like make it really like um, um, like the bloodier you know the or the more you know the more um, brutal I can get sometimes the more I feel like I'm invested in it um, but I mean I don't think I do that in daily in like my normal life as much so sometimes I feel like it it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't sound true to me and then in, in um i uh, i know that amongst the other things that you've done recently you've also released a set of playing cards yeah that all have photographs on the other mm -hmm. side of them right and for those people who haven't seen them they're they look like playing cards like if you were just to see them from the back mm -hmm. but uh, when you turn them over they all have different photos that you pretty much have all put on instagram too right? yeah, yeah, yeah. what's your instagram just in case anybody wants to um ave underscore ibarra cool and I, I think one of the things about your photos that kind of chime back, just uh, there's something about maybe like poetic poetry and comedy and mm -hmm. also like, I don't know, maybe there's something I've, I've found mm -hmm. in your photos that there's also something there where there's like this like brutal tragedy of mm -hmm. a mess or of dirt or of mm -hmm. trash or leftovers, but that are also really beautiful. Right. Like you managed to capture these photos that are, um, I don't know, it's that, that special pile of trash on the yeah. corner of the street. Right that 
And it's not necessarily trash, actually. I think you photograph a lot of objects that are yeah. kind of in the wrong place or happen to be. And a lot of times there are things that people are going to recycle because a lot of times that like the, I mean, I've talked about it um, with a lot of people because we did that show with the cards and stuff. At Peter, right? At Peter yeah, Performance. At Peter, at Peter Space. Um, and um, like the issue of the fact that, that um, like the pictures are taken as you're walking past them and you don't really, I don't afford myself the time to stop. Like, and if I do stop, I kind of feel like I'm cheating, mm. you know, and very often the, like the name will sort of pop up in my head kind of as a joke to myself. So there's an element of comedy there. Right. Like sometimes it's like a punchline, kind of like a punchline. Yeah, anyone yeah. right now who's but got it, a smartphone, go to the, go to the Instagram so you can kind of feel what we're talking about here. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it kind of, but I, I, I don't think it's like, it's like, uh, like I'm making fun of what I'm seeing. Oh, right. Right. You know, it's like, it's kind of like, Oh, like a funny way of sort of linking it to like what I'm thinking at the moment or why I thought that this was something significant, which I think happens with, any photographer or a tourist that goes to the zoo, you know, like, Oh my God, look at this or take a picture of me in front of this, you know? And then, but then sometimes when you're walking back the same way you went and took the original picture, the, the object has already been recycled, taken away, thrown, collected, um, defaced, or somebody else is taking a picture in front of it, you know? And right. so like, I, 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 I think that, um, the pictures were more about like letting them, uh, be like really instantaneous and, um, and just, you know, and did you use, did you use this deck of cards for the, the, for the fake tarot readings you were doing? No, no, no. I was actually, well, we, we, um, we, I got it. I, I, I was a part of the, um, the art, the art, um, for the masses show at the smell this past Saturday. And um, that was a great turnout of artists, and, and they showed zines and um, like water watercolors and paintings and drawings and stuff like that. And uh, I was gonna try to sell some of my decks of cards, um, but I wanted to have like an additional sort of like you know like a performance to go along with it. Um, but I didn't want to use the cards because the the cards are kind of small, mm, and okay. so I thought that I would make it more interactive. So the um, the performance and was uh, me as a fortune teller that um, admitted that I didn't have any clairvoyance whatsoever or any sort of um, insight to share, and that we were just going to do something. And this was the exercise. And so basically I brought out like some newspapers and like a tabloid or something like that. And we like the, the person that sat for the reading ripped out pieces and laid them out. And then we used flashlights um, because it was really busy in there. You know how the smell gets. Yeah, the smell gets really. It crowded. gets packed and there's like a lot of, it's like bands were playing and stuff. So we, I had flashlights so that we could focus on these pieces of newspaper that they had ripped out. And then um, I gave them a reading. And so it was basically like an improv fake clairvoyant moment um, where I gave them some sort of reading based on what they were, like I had asked them to think about something in their life that they're curious about or burdened by or something you'd typically ask a psychic, you know? Right. And it, it, it turned into a really good conversation for, with each person. Did anybody think or find that your, I guess your ideas were, were on point or that you were actually... Most people, most people were very, very... Um, I was actually surprised that most people were um, very welcoming of 
the whole situation. Like they thought, right. I mean, they, I didn't solve, you know, we didn't solve anything, but they were, they were willing to say that like, oh, wow, you really, you were really, you know, addressing what I was thinking. And, um, I like this idea. And so we talked about the actual exercise and, um, some people were like a little bit more touched by it than others. Some people huh. were just more kind of like, like thought, oh, it's an interesting idea and association and stuff. Um, but overall the, the, the response was pretty positive and I didn't really expect it. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's pretty cool. Something, you know, when I, when you had told me like, and I think we talked on the phone and you were mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, I'm going to be doing like fake yeah. fortune telling. Yeah. I was kind of like, Hmm, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. But not, right. not because I think you would be good at doing fake fortune telling, mm -hmm. but I feel like if anybody was to do some fortune telling mm -hmm. and just could pull it out of their hat, right. somehow it could be you. And I think yeah. this maybe has something to do with. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm, how I could articulate it, but I think looking at your photos and uh -huh. the way that you, you are able to capture the, the, the feeling or the name of, a of these, and for people who are listening, just imagine a photo of like a leftover chair on the street yeah. and then maybe like a little leftover shoe right. like on the corner of his LA street. And somehow, you know, you'll get this poignant quote, which I don't, maybe, maybe there is something about you that mm -hmm. is maybe clairvoyant or somehow maybe you're connected to, um, some part of like our general, like collective mm -hmm. unconscious. I don't know if maybe that's something you think, you know, you mm -hmm. do or maybe I'm no, just tripping. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, I know what you're gonna have for breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> right. No, no, no. I actually, you know, like the, the, what was interesting about the whole thing was just the more I was sitting there with people and like with each, with each reading, like the more, like the better I felt like the more comfortable I got right. with the whole exercise and the more confident I got with it. And so I felt like we were both lear like learning as we were going and, and they never disclosed what their concern was. And if they gave me their name, I really didn't want to hear it, you know, right. Cause right. I, I mean, half of them I knew and half of them I didn't know. So, yeah, it's so cool. I really would have, uh, I, maybe we, you should maybe do we can do, we, Let's we do this do again. again. Maybe yeah. you can do it a cool world. Yeah. Um, so we're going to listen to the next track here, which was, what did you choose? From? Uh, I think it's, uh, it's something a little bit more upbeat. Like, I think it's like a specimen. Um, uh -huh. Uh, lovers. Cool. So here we go, people. Specimen Lovers were on kchungradio.org. Thanks for listening. Um, and you can find us on the chat wing, Facebook, Twitter, all those things. Hit us up. All right. Bye.
lo bonito que siento Mira cuántos esfuerzos por llegarte Mira, mira la de cosas que invento Mira cuántos deseos de gustarte Mira, mira que me juego de golpe las cosas en que creo por tenerte Mira, mira que ya son muchas noches Retrasando el momento inútilmente Mira, mira cuánta fiebre en los dedos Que tambor en el pecho song and we're gonna say goodbye Abelardo Rivera thanks for inviting me Oscars thanks for being here and we should make sure that we shout out to everybody to come out to see the uh, Latino queer and uh, art, art and, and film, film festival, festival this Thursday on Thursday and it's gonna be going on f until I don't think every Sunday Sunday. Knows how long it's yeah, gonna be so going everybody on. you'll be able to go to this festival um, you can go to the website lqaff.com but the festival opens this Thursday 7 to 9 p.m. Um, at the Gay and Lesbian Center at the Village. Don't get confused. There's two Gay and Lesbian Centers. Okay. They're, I think they're I'm like, already going to the wrong I know. one. <laughs> they're like two. They're like two blocks away from each other. This is the one known as the Village. It's okay. the one on on McCadden and Santa Monica, yeah. pretty much by Santa Monica and Highland. Okay. And also, there's a lot of our friends there. There's a lot of awesome lot people, of and there's people that we want to meet and that I haven't even met that look pretty. 
There's going to be a red carpet. You can take your picture on the red carpet. Ooh, can I come dressed in a red carpet? You can <laughs> come dressed as a red carpet down. on the red carpet. <laughs> and uh, we're going to finish it off here with... Um, uh, it's a, it's a sheep on drugs. Sheep on drugs. <laughs> and thanks so much, Al, for um, giving us a pretty wide taste of kind of gothy jam. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. All right, y'all, uh, you're listening to Art Tracks on K-Chung Radio. Please uh, listen in next month. And you've got some cool stuff coming up after us. Bye-bye.